Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. This is episode 931. This is my interview with Bonnie Toy, and it's about her book, Why We Swim. Enjoy. G'day, guys. Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. Great to be back. I have had a couple of weeks where I haven't released a show. Um, but I've got a few really exciting interviews to be uh, released in the next couple of weeks, and this is one of them. This is my interview with Bonnie Tsui. She's a journalist, I believe, for the New York Times, and she's also an author. She's written a bunch of books, um, including this one, Why We Swim, and that's the book that we're discussing today. So I was pretty excited when her publicist reached out um, to have her on the show because I am a swimmer. I love getting up and most mornings going for a swim. Um, there is simply nothing better for me, at least. Um, than jumping in that water and doing some laps. It's um, quite meditative, and the the benefits um, of beginning my day like that, it really helps me win. But um, look, she's not a fanatical swimmer, but she interviewed a lot of um, great swimmers, long distance swimmers, marathon swimmers, um, you know, all sorts of swimmers um, for this book. And she discovered a lot of the benefits of why we swim and, and the benefits are huge. If you think about it, not the physical benefits like you know producing brown fat cells um, or beige fat cells, as she says, but there's also a lot of meditative qualities to swimming um, that can help us with our day-to-day mindfulness as well, which I think is hugely empowering um, and quite calming uh, for living our lives. So, guys, I hope you enjoy this interview with Bonnie Tui. Let me know what you think at thehiddenwhy.com. Cheers. G'day, Bonnie. Welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. Great to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, Lee. Now, I just heard you're in Northern California. Is that right? I am. Um, and the sun is just starting to break out here around noon. And it's been one of those like very iconic uh, fog, <laughs> you know, summer summer in, in in San Francisco Bay Area mornings where it's foggy and then and then mm. you're just waiting for the sun to come out. At about and, noon. Uh, it looks Around noon, exactly. There you go. Now, you're a journalist and you're also a swimmer. I am. And um, I have just written a new book uh, called Why We Swim. Which is a perfect combination of your two passions, really. (laughs) Absolutely. How many people can say they find that sort of um, collaboration? Um, You know, this book has been... um, such a joy to write from start to finish. I really say that um, having written books before and knowing that the slog uh, comes along um, pretty routinely. And this one just, I think um, having known that if you're going to write a book, it better be something that you're going to want to spend, you know, several years of your life, not only researching and writing and, and, and you know, publishing, yeah. um, but also talking about ad nauseum after it comes out. And I, I think after I, I, I got a couple of books under my belt and realized that to be true, um, I was more thoughtful about what the next book would be. And, and, you know, I'm happy to say that the, this swimming book was really, um, it really was a joy. So you've written other books then? I have. Um, I, my last book was a book about American Chinatowns, um, and it's called American Chinatown, a people's history of five neighborhoods. And it's about five very significant Chinatowns here in the United States. Um, and you know, that one was also like a, a sort of labor of love, personal history born from a personal story of, of my parents coming through, um, New York and San Francisco's Chinatowns. Um, but I felt 
that, you know, I, and that was 10 years ago. And I think I just didn't know very much about, um, I, I know so much more about book publishing now and sort of what it takes to write a book and not to say that I know that much more about what I'm doing yeah. <laughs> at any given time, but it felt, you know, at least I knew I, this book, when I finished it, the swimming book, it felt true and it felt good that it was the book that I wanted to write. No, well, I hadn't, how has it been received? Um, it's been really wonderful. I mean, of course, I could never have imagined that it would a book about swimming would be coming about coming out at a time when many people couldn't swim. Um, I think what has been really surprising True. during these pandemic times is that um, you know people who so. Uh, love swimming and many people who took it for granted have been reminded of how much um, it means to them, how much they love it, how much immersion is something that they uh, really value um, in that sort of perspective shift of being in water. Um, and I have gotten really the most wonderful letters um, yeah. and uh, had conversations that are just really fantastic. So I just feel really lucky and it's been, you know, well-reviewed and, um, you know, people are, are still um, wanting to talk about it, uh, you know, three months after the fact. That's excellent, isn't it? Well done. Yeah. The, Thank um, you. The, yeah, the COVID certainly shut down the pools where I am in Australia here on the yeah. Sunshine Coast. So mm -hmm. my brother and I started swimming in the oceans um, out here, which is the beautiful oceans. And um, Right. You're lucky. It's sort of, them. yeah, you know, driving there sort of frustrated me because it's 20 minutes either way and, and I don't like spending time in driving in cars <laughs> but um you know you get down there and you go wow this is this is pretty um pretty fortunate right. to be swimming in the ocean even though we freak out about you know potential sharks and stuff sharks uh -huh. around but um, well we have we have similar shark fears here in northern california so yeah, yeah i imagine it's so much colder there <laughs> it's much colder uh what's the temperature of the ocean right now for you i wouldn't even know <laughs> i wouldn't know i'll look it up it was um I'll yeah, look, it up later. Look, look it up um the yeah, coming into winter, it was, it was pretty cool, but it was it was still quite warm, relatively. So, yeah. I was going to say maybe the better question would be, what were you wearing when you went into the ocean? <laughs> yeah, no, I would just wear my boardies. Then pretty warm, <laughs> not like here. Yeah. Um, what do you wear when you go swimming? Wetsuits. Well, it has yeah wetsuits. I mean, um, you know, I went surfing this morning, and uh, Pacific is you know it's just even in the summer it's pretty cold um mm. i would say it's kind What's of high 50s right now okay. high 50s uh, fahrenheit yeah yeah <laughs> and um you know inland sort of uh like on land it's 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 hot right so so get away from the coast um and it's like you know 90 100 degrees fahrenheit and but you get closer to the the coast and and oftentimes there's this marine layer of fog that needs to burn off before um uh the sun comes out sort of midday and so that's sort of what we're in right now although it had been a really sunny wonderful spring um and so had been this the water had been quite warm for um for the early part of pandemic which was happy for us yeah well um what so you go surfing? What what got you into swimming? Was it because you went surfing regularly, or had you always been a swimmer? No, I mean swimming was the thing that um, you know my my parents, 
you know, met in a swimming pool in Hong Kong. And that was sort of our origin story as a family. And, um, we grew up, my brother and I grew up, um, in New York and, and swimming and on swim team and uh, going to Jones beach, uh, there in long Island. Um, and just, uh, became lifeguards ourselves and, you know, had a, had a, just a childhood around water. Uh, and I just kept swimming, you know, ever since then and would got into open water swimming, got into triathlons and, and sort of over the last several years, um, you know, noticing how swimming kind of got me through, uh, different sort of signal life events, you know, having two kids and sort of coming back to myself as a, you know, an individual as like a body, a healthy body, uh, you know, after each of those, um, you know, pregnancies. And, and actually I swam up to the day that each of my two sons were born. And, and that was something to me that was just a revelation to be able to hmm. keep, um, you know, moving through water and having that buoyancy just be so, um, important, uh, you know, during when you, when you're growing another human yeah, and then afterwards too, you know, to kind of like deal with like sleep deprivation and, and all of that stuff. But, well. um, yeah. So I just, you know, I just started thinking about how swimming, um, had sort of evolved for me from that, those early days of, you know, competing and, and just racing and having fun and being at the beach and all that. And then to now just being, um, you know, a writer who is, is sort of juggling, um, uh, you know, family life, um, with work and, and all these other responsibilities. And certainly now in these sort of extremely extraordinary trying times to kind of, um, find buoyancy and balance and equilibrium in this. And I just feel like there were so many lessons to, um, learn so many, uh, stories and people to investigate. And so that, that sort of drove me, um, sort of minus the pandemic part, uh, mm. to, to write this book, which is, is just a larger inquiry into, um, our human relationship with water. So why we swim, why do you, I mean, for me personally, um, you know, like you said before, actually getting back into the pools now, I'm a morning swimmer. So most mornings I'll go mm -hmm. to the pool and, and do some laps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's just nothing quite like it. And it sounds weird yeah. to probably a lot of people, but just jumping in that water, <laughs> even in winter. Um, I just looked up the temperatures here just to give you an idea. Now, in uh, in degrees Celsius in winter, it gets down to close to 20, the ocean temperatures. Mm -hmm. And then in summer, up to sort of 27. Mm -hmm. um, and that's Fahrenheit 60 or 70 to about 78. Mm -hmm. um, so much warmer. And so... <laughs> yeah, much more, much more. That that's balmy here. Um, yeah, I, I, but I, but I really, um, you know, I feel uh, your experience so much uh, reflected in my own. Where um, I'm a morning swimmer too. I just like if I can get in the water in the morning, the day is already. You know, the battle of the day is half over. You know, just that having sort of replenished my internal resources to deal with everything. Um, you know, just like I am always like, I think that I'm always a better person after I swim. And that sounds really silly on some level. But, um, when I think about, um, why that is, you know, I just feel physically well, I feel that the water does lend a certain, um, you know, sort of quality to your mind that is really useful. But the, the the whole idea of exercise in the morning, I mean, I started that morning routine um, several mm. years back where, you know, previously I was just waking up in the morning and rushing into my day and the mm -hmm. battle was never won. 
Whereas then I put that, <laughs> right. that morning routine down pat and ex- exercise was one of those things, whether it was a jog or swim or whatever, a weight mm-hmm. session, it would just get the body and mind in a, in a good position, ready for the day. But exactly. So there's a little bit of a difference with swimming and I don't know what your research found, but what are the, the good qualities of swimming as an exercise? Well, it's, you know, it's just so much more uh, low impact, um, you know, than any land-based exercise and, 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 that lends itself to longevity over, you know, time. Like people, you know, swimming is really one of the, I mean, I can't think of other sports where, um, the, the practitioners of that sport can keep doing it, uh, well into their later life, like eighties, nineties, even a hundred, um, and do it well. You know, I, um, remember I was just sharing the story the other day where I, um, I remember as a kid, I, you know, the, the sort of club pool that I swam at, there was this, um, guy who swam there. Like he was, you know, very tan, you know, shaved head. Mm. He looked like maybe he was 70 years old. He always, he came really regularly and swam just like a very elegant, efficient freestyle. Just, um, I probably did like, you know, um, you know, 2,500 yards or something like that at a time and just kind of got in, did his thing, got out, chatted, you know, and then went home. But I found out, I mean, he was 99 years old. He looked unreal like in terms of like he was youthful he just was like really fit and just um you know that to me was uh that he you know had had kept up this routine for his entire life and i just think of him you know every once in a while when i see um all of the like my the, my community pool is really a reflection of the you know the the population that it serves and it's you know ranging from kids and babies so, you know it's sort of like family swim and and swimming lessons and swim team to like lots of seniors who come you know for morning exercise and swimming and laps and just sort of mm. like aqua aerobics and all that but it really is a very diverse slice of um, you know the community and I feel for those who, um, you know, now with the pools generally being closed that they are not, for whatever reason, are not able to get into the bay. You know, it's, it's not something that they, that they can do because, you know, I think of the seniors who come in the morning, you know, go into the warm pool inside because it's, uh, you know, they're older and they kind of need, um, the added warmth, uh, for their, um, you know, exercise and wellness and swimming sessions. And, you know, they are missing not only the movement, um, but the community, right? So the camaraderie in the locker room, just the people that they see. And I mean, we're all missing so many of those things, but I, I think about often the, the populations that, um, you know, in our summer right now, which is, there's a weird summer that is like so absent of like the sounds of public Mm. pools and kids, you Mm. know, all of that, um, that, that, those people are sorely missing their, you know, their daily tonic, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So certainly with the the, the lower impact of swimming, that's obviously a benefit for the body. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like to run too, but I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a natural runner. I read, I read a book recently called um, Born to Run. Um, oh, yeah. You've come across that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. What a fantastic book. And uh, that inspired me to run, but I, I still I can feel the impacts on my body, and I, I, I don't know if you're under this opinion, but I believe that some of us are are more born to run or more inclined to run uh, or have sure. that sort of physiques than others. 
because uh, I'm uh-huh. flat-footed. I'm pretty stocky. You know, Same. Pretty heavy. <laughs> um, and I can just feel myself stumping away. And, and uh, I did a half a marathon last year and I did it. Like, it was fine. But, yeah, I tell you what, um, you could see the people that were running and they just seemed to have that natural run. And then I sort of right. looked at that and went, perhaps I'm just the swimmer type, you know. Um, do you <laughs> feel that there's swimmer that's... types and there's runner types and – Sure. I mean, I think like, you know, like any personality type sort of like preference and, but I think also people know what feels good to their bodies. Right. I I mean, I used to run as well. It has, uh, lately felt so much worse. Mm. (laughs) I don't know if it's that my joints are just, you know, have reached the end of their, um, springiness or whatever, but I just don't feel, I, and I know that of course, like all, you know, sports, uh, you know, running is just much easier if you're doing it on a regular basis. Um, and I just do it more as a a thing that I can't do that. I do only if I can't do anything else in a given day, you know, and that's not the way to practice a, to have a good practice running practice. And of course, then it always feels terrible (laughs) as a result. And so, um, you know, and then I always kind of like go back to swimming and then, um, you know, on, on, you know, t- sometimes when I've been traveling, you know, before pandemic, I used to travel a lot. And so I, if I was somewhere where I couldn't swim, I would be running, you know, like after three days in a row, you start to get into the rhythm and you say, all right, you know, I feel good. And then I would come home and then of course I would want to surf or swim and then I would stop running. And then the whole cycle starts again, where you can, it's just like, you know, um, you keep going up the hill and coming and getting pushed back down the hill and going up the hill and getting pushed back down the hill because you can't ever, you don't get the, uh, into a a state of being where, um, your practice is good. And so, um, I have allowed that to happen because I prize, uh, swimming and surfing so much more than I prize running. And so consequently, yeah, I think you've got to be kind to yourself. I'd like to, to run more. And I put the pressure on myself to do it, but then I'm just like, you know what? I do enjoy swimming more, so make yeah. that the priority and be be happy with that. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I agree. I think if you if you keep it on a regular basis, um, you, you're going to feel better about it. And I've never mm-hmm. felt like, you know, even after a long time off, getting back into the pool to do some swimming. Yeah, it might hurt a little bit, but I've never felt it. Uh, never felt it as much as, you know, feeling it like you do after running after a while. Yeah, off. same. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little bit different. But what about the um, the mind states too? Like when you're swimming, I don't know, you're sort of immersed in water um, mm-hmm. and it blocks out a lot of the sound. It, it feels quite meditative to me. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of what makes swimming so special is because the sensory reality of it is that you are muffled, mm. you know, not just the sound but the – you know, your vision is, uh, you know, compromised, even if you're wearing goggles, oftentimes the, you know, they'll fog up and, and then you're just, and the, your vision is obstructed anyway, just because of the sort of peripheral vision and you kind of, um, retreat inward, you know, you can't, um, see and hear and you're, and you're, um, you know, you're also buoyed. So you're, you're on the surface of the water and you're kind of, fo- your perspective, your body position is totally different too, right? You're looking down to the side. Um, you're not vertical the way you experience the world normally. And so I think all of mm, this true. is just kind of works together to put you into an altered state of mind that, um, that I think is, uh, is quite internal. And so in the course of 
uh, researching and reporting this book, I talked to, of course, so many swimmers and, and so many swimmers who are very accomplished long distance marathon swimmers, open water swimmers, pool swimmers, but just having spent so much time in the water, um, uh, that they, you know, I asked them, where does your mind go? You know, what are you thinking about? And, and so many, um, people told me that they just kind of, you know, would sometimes swim to blankness, right? So they'd start out really kind of pretty, uh, just occupied with various things that were going on in their day. And then they kind of, um, all of that sort of fell away after a while. And they started to notice like how the water felt and how their bodies were feeling, kind of getting tuned into the self, right. Hmm. In a really, um, I think in a way that we just don't give ourselves time to do these days. And, Hmm. um, oftentimes we, we are just bombarded by, all kinds of, uh, inputs, you know, of the digital sort and, and being in the water, it takes you away from all of that. And so you have this, just this regular check in with yourself. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And we don't have that. We don't often have that. And I think, um, swimmers who, uh, have had a swimming practice for a long time. Um, if you really ask them to think about that, they, I think they would, most of them would tell you that they really value that solo time, you know, that quiet, that mm. enforced solitude, you know, it, it is a, it is a beneficial enforced solitude. Yeah. Was there any science research behind, you know, those, those mind states that you found or? Yeah. Well, I mean, at least, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a bunch of new swimming research uh, in recent years and, and about sort of how our brains react to water specifically, you know, being uh, immersed in it, being around it. And, 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 uh, you know, there's quite a bit of interesting research into how our brain waves change and the, and the, uh, the brain waves that are associated with calm and relaxation and kind of creative thinking are very much, um, increased, uh, mm-hmm. with water exposure and kind of listening to it, being around it, being in it, seeing it. And I, that makes a lot of sense to me because there's that hushing, right? That sort of muffling of, um, a certain kind of stimuli that's, uh, uh, acute, right? So that, that draws your attention to it. And, and so I think you're encouraged to then, uh, reflect inward and, and kind of drift in your thoughts and make connections that might not be so if you were just sort of sitting at your desk, um, trying to think of something or, or even if you were just taking a walk on land, I mean, I, it, I think that free ranging thinking that we, many of us have, uh, you know, we've read a lot of, 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 of things associating writers with walking and writers with like, yeah, taking a walk and you get your best thinking and all that stuff. But really, I think also the same holds true for swimming mm. and I kind of write about that in the flow section of the book. Absolutely. Do you meditate yourself outside of swimming? I don't. Um, but one actually someone, but someone did tell me something recently that made me understand that I really have taken swimming to be that meditative practice. Um, Mm. she said something like, um, she used to practice yoga and she, uh, um, was a pretty devoted, um, you know, practitioner was did very regularly and, and felt, you know, that it was, um, uh, improving just her state of mind and, and her, um, you know, her, her just flexibility and just overall health. And then she said her, I think her, her teacher told her 
you know, if you want to just do, you know, if you want to start swimming, that's the same thing as, you know, yoga and meditation, except in water. It's basically just that in water. And she, she looked at her teacher and said, all right, I'm out of here. And, and just, and she says that it serves the same purpose to be swimming, Hmm. you know, as a daily practice, uh, for her as it did to have that yoga practice because, and, and, and it, and it was, um, and it, it also like got her heart rate up in a way that, uh, that yoga never did. So like kind of combining the best elements of yoga and that internal quiet and that thinking with also something that I think made her body feel just as good, just in a different way. Yeah. And I've started to wonder that myself because I was, I did a lot of meditation and then this year it's sort of fallen by the wayside, mm. but I still swim. And I was just like, oh, I wonder if the swimming does the sort of similar effects for me. And maybe yeah. that's enough because, you know, you try and jam all this thing, these things into your, your morning routine or your daily schedule and you're just like sometimes right. it's a bit overwhelming. So I was just curious about that and it would be interesting to know, um, you know, what sort of practices people do when they swim as far as some sort of meditation practice while swimming. Right. I, I bet they do. You know, I bet I think that's a great question because I bet so many people, you know, are counting, you know, even even just the the, the sort of mindlessness of counting um uh, you know, does something to, uh, sort of get your brain into that different place. Um, when you Hmm. were doing your meditation practice, um, what did that look like? I'm so curious kind of in the, in the exploration. I I just do a mindfulness practice. I sit there and typically just count my breath or observe my breath in and out. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there's other practices that I've tried over the years, whether it be scanning the body or, um, you know, thinking about, um, thankfulness i guess to others mm-hmm, um but mm-hmm. typically it's just that breathing exercise and probably you know 15 minutes 20 minutes is what i was doing i sometimes use an right. app, app to guide me right um but in the pool and i don't know what your sort of routine is but i get into the pool and i've tried to make it a bit of a thing so i get in there and i, I do my first 20 laps um and this is a 25 meter pool mm-hmm. so i did my first 20 laps and i just let the mind go and do it at once and then for the next 20 40 60 I probably just think about some affirmations, um, what I'm mm. trying to achieve my goals, and I really, you know, do a bit of positive self-talk through that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I let the sort of mind wander after that and think about, you know, the day ahead, some creative ideas, right. whatever it might be for the remainder so of the So it really swim. is that. It really is your meditation. I mean, that's exactly Yeah, but I'm not really slow. Like, I'm doing a lot of thinking in that, so. Mm. Oh, you mean like active thinking, yeah. Yeah. What does your sort of swim look like? What do um, you do? I do a similar kind of thing where the first uh, 20 laps I uh, let go of things. You know, I I kind of go in knowing that my brain is pretty busy or or feel kind of irritable or something, you know, just like kind of work out this twitchiness. And then once I get through that, um, you know, I have a sort of default workout if I'm not doing a, a practice with a, my master's team, which of course that hasn't happened in a long time, but that I would kind of, it's a practice, it's a, it's a, it's a certain routine that I know so well that I don't have to think too much about it. And a lot of it has to do with kind of going through a set, you know, and the numbers of the set or how many, you know, doing like an I am set or something, and then rotating through the strokes and then kind of noticing how each one feels different or better or worse than the one that came before and kind Mm. of, um, just noticing how over the arc of that particular set, maybe what am I thinking about or how am I feeling or does my, you know, 
different it's kind of like the body scan thing that you were saying earlier which was you know is it is my shoulder bothering me it's like sort of where is my um where's my body at today and then um and, and this is really like i mean as i'm talking through this i realize that i i don't I have not thought about it so explicitly, but I do, um, you know, move through, uh, you know, maybe I'm doing like a, uh, an underwater kick set. And, and, and during that set, when I'm kind of staring at the sky is when I sort of let my brain roam around, hmm. um, you know, I'm staring at the sky and the birds and just not, you know, so that if I'm on my back that I, that the peripheral vision is, is um, so limited uh, that I'm not distracted by other swimmers in the lanes next to me or anything like that. And so I really do go, you know, to a, like a different creative um, space where thoughts are just kind of connecting in, 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 in ways that they might not um, otherwise. I just, mm. I, I think that's really true. I think that is sort of what I'm, what the, um, sensory input is sort of over the course of this workout is, is what, uh, sort of the time, uh, how, I, how I react to that is, is like, it's sort of built in. Hmm. So, and you, I mean, you do training, like I go swimming and I just swim, but you actually sound like you're, you're doing a, a structured swim. Is that correct? I mean, I try to, um, and you know, of course I think what I really like is generally mixing it up. Um, you know, so I would normally before pandemic times, I would go to a master's practice a couple times a week so I could swim with, you know, my swim community and just enjoy that, you know, enjoy the mindlessness of having a coach tell you what to do, yeah. <laughs> which I, you know, had, um, started doing again when I was researching the book because I wanted to know what it would be like to compete as, um, you know, a grown up and not as a, as a kid. I just was curious about that. And, um, and then I, I ended up sticking with the team because I just really liked swimming practices with, with my friends. Um, mm. and then now, you know, and then I would then swim a couple of other days where it was just me, you know, I didn't want to be adhering to some schedule. I would just go because I felt like that was the time I wanted to go in the mornings and and then surf uh, uh, another few day, mornings a week. But just all of that was a routine that made me feel like I was, um, you know, being my best self, I think. And, and and because I enjoy it so much, like it just, it, it like it's not, it, it, it feels good. It feels really good. It makes me feel that I am, um, you know, able to do everything else better. Yeah. Yeah, like it. I think that sort of style of focus swimming, like where you're focusing on a stroke and, and how that's feeling, mm -hmm. um, certainly mm -hmm. that that would be very much like a meditation practice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's obviously some benefits there for calmness and, and mindfulness, um, mm -hmm. and, and certainly I feel those effects when you when you do have it on a regular basis. How how better you feel. Um, your do you do long distance swimming as well yourself? I mean, you probably researched a lot of people or spoke to a lot of people that have done long distance swimming. Yeah, I don't um, personally like to swim much more than a mile and a half at a time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I uh, to me that feels great. That's a I feel very satisfied by that, and I 
have many friends and and have talked talked to many very accomplished marathon swimmers where they'll swim you know for three miles and they'll just and that's just sort of a matter of course and um, that that is uh, or you know in training swims for 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 big channel crossings you know for the um, ocean seven that they would be doing that and and I have never really felt um, interested in in that I mean I did do the Alcatraz swim what's that. Um, the swim from Alcatraz, uh, uh, the prison here in yeah. the island prison here what in San Francisco. Like? Yeah, swimming um, to San Francisco. It's it's great. I mean, it is extremely exhilarating. The currents, of course, are so crazy. Sort of, um, you know, passing in and out of the Golden Gate. Um, underneath Golden Gate Bridge, just like you think of all of that water rushing in, the tides um, pushing into San Francisco Bay and then rushing out again. Like it's a it's a huge volume of water. There's a lot of um, container ship traffic, and it's just like a very like extreme. It's a very intense place to swim, and mm. um, you know for. Uh, you know, in the in the course of reporting the book, I spent a lot of time with um, swimmers at the Dolphin Club and South End Rowing Club, which are the two sort of premier historic uh, swim clubs, swimming and rowing clubs here in San Francisco. And, you know, they swim in open water and they do it without wetsuits and they um, uh, just do a lot of these uh, swims that kind of range around um, uh, in the open waters around here. But they're really accomplished swimmers who you know, the water is cold and they take pride in, in sort of, um, adapting themselves to that environment and to be very, uh, cognizant of all of the dangers and, and make those crossings. And, um, you know, there, there's the, the swims that they do are, you know, from Alcatraz to San Francisco, um, under the entire span of the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, uh, Kim Chambers, who I, um, uh, wrote about in the book. She was the first woman to swim from the Farallon Islands to San Francisco and to do a solo um, swim. That's 30 miles in open ocean from, you know, the notorious sort of red triangle of sh- sharks. 30 miles. Um, 30 miles. Yeah. And sharks. Yeah. And sharks. And she started in the middle of the night. <laughs> and swam, oh, wow. You know, to uh, San Francisco. And she was the first woman to do that solo crossing. And, and I am, you know, that has never that kind of a thing has never interested me personally, but I really wanted to know what made people other uh, made the people who did those kinds of things do them. What did you find? Like what, what, what is, what drives people to do things? (laughs) Well, there's like this, um, I think that, you know, having talked to, um, Lynn Cox and Kim Chambers and Lewis Pugh and, and all of these, you know, Dan and I had these swimmers who have done these extraordinary, you know, they, um, Ram Barkai who swims, you know, who's like an ice swimming champion, you know, that, that he swims in like polar conditions. I mean, Who's they, that? Is that just, the Iceman? What's his name? German guy. Um, are you talking about Wim Hof? Oh, Wim Hof. No, yeah, no, that's, no, that's, that's, different that's, guy. that's not him, different guy. But that, um, Ram Barkai actually, uh, he started like the ice international, like ice swimming, um, you know, uh, organization where people just, um, swim in certain, I can't remember what the temperature threshold is, but it's really cold. Um, and that, that, you know, they'll be swimming in Siberia with like in a, in a lap, uh, in a lane cut in the ice, you know, that kind of thing. Crazy. And where the, uh, your, you, your eyelashes freeze your eye, eyes shut <laughs> when you're swimming. Right. It's so absurd. Yeah. So I, you know, that's not me, but I, but I'm curious. And so like what seems to 
drive them. I don't know. It's like this intense, um, desire to feel, I mean, they, they all talk about how in these perilous moments, in these like extreme, you know, sensory experiences that they feel so alive that they feel like unbelievably alive. And so the funny thing about that is that you're so, you're, you know, you know, the porousness between states is like, you know, you're close, you're pretty close to death <laughs> very in a very real way. Um, but I think there's something about that, exploring that porousness, um, exploring that, um, you know, uh, boundary line. I, and Just I, and pushing I the limits, it. isn't it? Yeah, and I do get at that in the book. I just am, am, am I'm interested. I was very interested in, in interrogating that space, and and they helped me kind of understand uh, to some level. Yeah, there's something about you know even swimming with like sharks. You just have that. that mm. It almost seems like a, a constant fear, but it's not. It's probably only initial, and then you sort of you know you just stop thinking mm-hmm. about it until something might you know swim in front mm-hmm. of you and you freak out again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there's something there's about like dealing a, with that that actually is quite quite powerful too. Exactly, it's like a heightened uh, state, mm. which is probably very much like meditation too. Yeah, really. Um, and the benefits, right. like the health benefits of swimming, and particularly in cold water, like with brown mm-hmm. fat and stuff like that. Like, what did you find right. with with all that? I mean, well, I don't know about you, was. but I. I did not know about brown fat until I started writing this book. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, you know, when I asked uh, all the cold water swimmers at the Dolphin Club and the South End Rowing Club, I said, you know, what, you know, do, what kinds of bodies tend to do better in cold water? I just really, I was really curious about it because the, you know, the the sample size of the folks who swim at those are members of those clubs. You know, there it's they all different kinds of bodies you know mm. at least from a visual standpoint so i was sort of like well what is it you know what what do you think it is and and then someone mentioned you know brown fat is you know the where um you know I, I'm, I, you know i'm told that you 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 form brown fat through cold water immersion and i was kind of like all right i need to get into this in a more scientific mm. way and so i went to ucsf which is a um pretty well known uh, medical school and research, uh, you know, hospital here in San Francisco. And they have, you know, tons of labs. And, and it turns out that some of the premier researchers in, um, you know, brown fat are, were like, uh, you know, five miles from where I was swimming in the San Francisco Bay. And so I, um, talked to some scientists who were, uh, studying metabolism and fat and, and, you know, I learned the basics about, about brown fat, which is that we're born as mammals with two kinds of fat, white fat, which most of us are familiar with, stores mm-hmm. energy, and then brown fat, which burns, you know, brown fat generates um, heat energy because like the cells, brown fat cells actually have, are very rich in mitochondria. And so hmm. um, we're born with both kinds of fat. Um, babies have a lot of it around their sort of neck and sort of down their backs because they're, they don't have a lot of they don't have any muscle tone. They don't have enough, a lot of fat. And so they can't shiver to keep themselves warm when they're born. And so brown fat helps them to stay warm, mm-hmm. uh, to maintain their body temperature. And, and then as you get older, that brown fat goes away uh, or starts to, you start to lose it. But then there's also what's called like a process of, of you can, certain things can stimulate the production of what's called beige fat which is basically like a browning process of white fat like it converts white fat oh. to 
you know, basically fat that has brown fat qualities. And so those, those kinds, the known things. So it's not actually brown fat by the end of the conversion or is it? Um, it's, it's, it, I think brown fat is, is only called that, um, because you're born with only a certain amount of it, but what is called the browning of fat, you can kind of turn white cell, white fat cells into beige fat cells. It's mm. just sort of like they, they didn't start out that way, you know, but they can do the same thing mm. as brown fat cells um, by, uh, so they know that, you know, exercise stimulates that browning effect. Um, uh, uh, cold uh, exposure um, and, uh, and also um, chili, like capsaicin, you know, the, the, like basically like, uh, chili pepper, um, you know, that, that, that stimulates it as well. And so it's sort of like, they've started to do some experiments, I think in Japan with like capsaicin pills, um, with paired with exercise to kind of, you know, like induce the browning of fat. Uh, but you know, then pretty, you know, clearly is that if you swim, in cold water, like that's a pretty good combination for like increasing your, um, you know, your beige fat. And so it really is interesting because like after just doing, um, a handful of open water swims without a wetsuit in San Francisco Bay, when it was pretty cold, I realized that from one swim to the next, I could swim longer. I could, um, I didn't fall into a pre-hypothermic state where early stage of hypothermia where I was, you know, shaking so uncontrollably after the swim um, that I, you know, could tolerate so much more um, the temperature and yeah, right. the time. Yeah. So I just thought, you know, this is just, you know, I need, I wanted to experience that on some in some way for myself um, on a small scale to kind of see what that was like. And so the whole book was about these kinds of things that I just found so fascinating. From all from swimming. The, um, so we don't actually produce more brown fat. We actually just convert white fat to beige fat. Exactly. Yeah. Now there, there longevity benefits or health related benefits other than, you know, keeping our temperatures cool. Are there any (laughs) other benefits you found from having an increased, you know, amount of beige fat? Well, I mean, I think it's just that your metabolism speeds up, yeah, right. you know, and um, so with, at least with uh, tests on um, uh, it, on what our bodies, uh, what happens to our bodies during cold water immersion is that, um, you know, dopamine levels like skyrocket, metabolism skyrockets, um, and then over time, uh, your, you know, initially your blood pressure will go up, but over time your blood pressure, um, is lowered, um, you know, sort of like your cardiovascular system is strengthened, but it's funny because, um, you know, cold exposure, like the shock of a sudden, you know, like being outside when it's in the dead of winter or jumping into cold water, that's bad. That's actually bad for your heart. Um, so people who don't, who have like preexisting, you know, cardiovascular, uh, mm. disease or something like that are, are advised not to do those kinds of things where they like jump into cold water, like the shock. This is actually can cause heart attacks or can cause strokes, you know, old people going outside, um, in the dead of winter, I guess, I guess like stroke, stroke incidence goes up in the winter time because mm. of that. But I think with a gradual exposure, um, and then if you're generally healthy, like it can have very beneficial um, health effects for you is, is sort of what these scientists had told me. Yeah, well, that whole dopamine thing, I mean, that's, you know, jumping into an ice ice cold 
pool or, or ocean or something it certainly stimulates mm. you very well um yeah yeah it feels great it's a great cure for for starting a day the um the the I believe that there's a lot of um, longevity benefits of, of cold exposure. So I assume, mm-hmm. you know, immersing yourself in cold water frequently. Um, I mean, people seem to live longer in colder zones too uh, mm-hmm. in many places. So I don't know how that um, relates to this idea of beige fat production. I don't know. It's very, this research is very early, but um, it was just really interesting to kind of see where it was going. Yeah. So where to from here? Why we swim? What are you, what are you working on next? Um, I actually have a children's book coming out next Interesting. spring. Very diverse. Yeah, it's my first, it's my first um, uh, children's book, but it is about uh, big wave surfing. Uh, it's mm. about uh, the first woman to surf Mavericks, um, big wave uh, surf break here in Northern California. So it's it's definitely related. It's still on the aquatic theme, um, but it's been a real joy to to work on that. Very good. Very good. And to, to anyone out there that maybe isn't a swimmer, where do you... What do you encourage them to get started? Uh, slowly. <laughs> slowly. <laughs> slowly yeah. and just, I mean, I think that everyone has, you know, what, what was wonderful about this book, you know, writing this book was was that everyone has a swimming story to tell, you know, and it may be that they um, love it or hate it or had some, you know, scary experience as a, as a kid or um, a young person, but that there's something about the water that is alluring and appealing and, and always, 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 even the most like, you know, negative kinds of stories that people told me about how they felt about swimming always ended up with, um, something like, um, you know, I want to do it better. I think I might want to start taking swimming lessons. And so I think, you know, why not, uh, why not now, you know, but it's always, uh, in, in these open, open water times, um, Mm. Go go with a buddy. <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Love the book. Um, thank you for coming on and sharing. It's been great. Thanks, Lee. So, guys, check it out, thehiddenwide.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon